Hello and welcome to the world-famous Driving You Crazy podcast. This is the show where we talk about all things transportation, anything that gets you from here to there. I'm the traffic anchor and the transportation reporter for Denver 7 News, Jason Luber. And if you would like to be a part of the show, you could always contact me on any of the contact links in the description of the show. I would appreciate it if you would call the listener hotline at 303-832-0217. And of course, if you wouldn't uh, mind rating, rinsing, repeating, uh, for the show as well. I'd appreciate that too. Uh, today on the show, I'm going to be talking about a blog post I found on the website called Lantern. And, and, the, and the blog post is called Driver Confessions, What They Really Do Behind the Wheel. I may, like taxi cab confessions maybe, but different. Uh, I, at least when I was reading through it, it didn't have to be shown on HBO. Uh, anyway, I'm going to be talking to Kendall Mead here in just a minute uh, from SoFi, who owns Lantern. Uh, about this article and uh, see what we're all confessing about when we're driving. Uh, But first, if you've long felt like the one thing missing from your Audi was in-car TikTok, fret no more. Volkswagen Group is the latest to join the in-car app party, and it's doing so in a big way. The world's second largest vehicle manufacturer announced that it's going to be soon rolling out an app and an app store that's designed to serve its wide portfolio of car brands. This initial rollout includes big names like TikTok, Spotify, Yelp, and others, and all are optimized for use in your car. Not necessarily for your phone, but in your car, and to run from the infotainment system screen that's in your car. Now, the App Store is going to launch with certain new Audi models this year, It's going to be rolled out in additional cars and brands like Porsche and Lamborghini and Bentley later on. And these apps are going to be able to be launched and have a wide range of categories. They're going to have music. They'll have podcasting, which is good for me because you can listen in your Audi or your Lamborghini or Bentley, even better, uh, to (laughs) to the Driving You Crazy podcast. Uh, They'll have video conferencing, which probably isn't the best idea. Uh, even though I do that with a with my uh, uh, mount on the windshield of, of the phone, and, and I can do a Zoom meeting that way, and I'm usually I'm just it's like they they're seeing me. I don't really need to see them. Uh, weather, parking, EV charging, yeah, I, I, that 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 could be useful. Uh, gaming, that's not useful while you're driving. A uh, news, smart home integration, probably not a good idea to change your thermostat while you're driving at 75 miles an hour. Uh, recently, Mercedes-Benz announced that its new car, starting with the 2024 E-Class, is going to include built-in apps for TikTok, for Zoom, uh, a web browser, and more. And I, I hope that it's going to be the passengers doing more of this TikToking than the drivers, because you're going to have TikTok videos of people crashing their cars as they're making a TikTok video in their car. Uh, VW says one goal is to add in-office functionalities. What that says to me is eventually when in the next 25 or 30 years, when cars are more autonomous and you can just get in one and have it drive for you, you're not going to have to worry about looking at the road and you're going to be like you're in a bus basically or a train and you're going to have that idle time. And what do people do with idle time? Watch TikTok videos, (laughs) watch YouTube, or try to get some work done, right? In office functionalities. That's all where this is going. Uh, Apps that are 
formatted specifically for automotive use are, are very popular and as more drivers and, and passengers too expect this level of functionality and features and, and not just the ones that you know pair with your, your smartphone where you're basically using your phone and then it, it uses your apps there on in the car. It's going to be specific in-car apps that will uh, be doing uh, all the stuff for you. It really is moving eventually another step on towards automation uh, as, as we're driving around. Um, so you don't have to drive. <laughs> all right. If, if, if you were really being honest, you look at your phone while you're driving and you probably have eaten when, when you are driving and you most likely drive when you've been too tired to drive. Well, the lending website called Lantern, it's owned by SoFi, the online personal finance company and online bank. They have a story on their blog that's titled, Drivers Confess What They Really Do Behind the Wheel. And I wanted to talk more about these confessions. So I invited Kendall Mead to be here on the show. Kendall is a certified financial planner at SoFi, spends her time working with members one-on-one, leading financial education events, and engaging with the media on personal finance topics just like this one. Kendall, thanks for being here on the world-famous Driving You Crazy podcast. Yes, thanks for having me. All right. So as I mentioned, you work mostly around personal finance. So what made you all interested in writing about driving behavior? Yeah, I think the main thing was, so what we actually found was that nine people in the United States are actually killed every day in in crashes that specifically involve a distracted driver. So that was the one of the things. And then also April is like just distracted driving awareness month. So that was another one. Um, And so as far as why we did it, one, to make drivers aware of their surroundings, you know, even if you're not doing this, okay, watch out for other people that might be. And then the second is to change our own behaviors that come with risky driving. And that third is remember that even outside of, you know, potential deaths or crashes, there's other implications when it comes to having higher auto insurance payments, needing life insurance. Like this does affect other aspects of your life as well. And we'll talk about those insurance aspects coming up in a bit. Uh, Before or during the time this story was tackled, did you guys notice or did you notice that you, you are a distracted driver? Yes. You mentioned one that, funny enough, was not in the survey, but I'm pretty bad about eating during driving. (laughs) (laughs) I mean, sure. Raisin Cane's, Chick-fil-A. I mean, it's all, I mean, it's easy to snack, right? Yes. (laughs) Let's go through the study. Uh, You all interviewed uh, a thousand drivers and, and, and you, how did you get them to be honest enough to answer these survey questions honestly about their bad driving behaviors? Well, it always helps to be anonymous. Um, But yeah, the thousand people, you know, the only requirement that was required to be a part of the study was that you had a driver's license. Um, And so that helped us just to kind of round that out. So you were able to, you didn't have to bribe them with, uh, you know, Chick-fil-A or anything else or no? (laughs) No. Uh, The major issue has to be driving while distracted. And and I'm sure the phone is got to be at the top of the list. It is. Yeah. So we found two different statistics. 35% of people um, admitted to using their phone or texting, but actually 36% of people admitted to recording a video, whether it be a phone or another device. Um, So that was interesting. And then I think what was really interesting when it comes to that statistic is 
12% of the overall survey respondents admitted to risky behaviors, whether that's texting or speeding, because they were bored. Of those 12%, 77% um, were ages 25 to 44. So we have had so much access to our phones, to, you know, instant gratification. Um, I think that might be a part of it where we're used to having the phones there. And so when we get bored driving, you know, it, it might be tempting to just send that quick text. And, and you know, in, in so many of the new cars now, in, in a Tesla, if you've ever driven a Tesla, they don't have a, a standard dashboard. They have just the big iPad type screen as your dashboard, if you will. It tells you everything that's going on, and it, it it's you you want to play with it in the way that you do with an iPad. So I'm sure those kind of distractions play into this as well. Yeah, definitely. Especially when you first get that new car and you just want to play around with all the buttons. Yeah, it, it, interesting. Also, some of the other risky behaviors is that 26 percent ha- uh, of people who in the survey say they change their clothes. Now, I, I've changed a shirt maybe while I'm driving, but, you know, changing pants or, or changing, that, that's got to be quite challenging. Yeah, I, I can't even change a jacket. You know? yeah. I, I'm not a good multitasker when it comes to driving. But, yeah, that was an interesting. One. And, and even more interesting is that under the distracted driving section is that 8% admitted to feeding or changing a baby. Uh, feeding, I can see. I mean, as a, as a father of two daughters, I, I can see feeding the baby not while you're driving, uh, but maybe you could just like give them a bottle, right? As you're as you're reaching in the back seat, because uh, holding a bottle for a baby isn't that big of a deal. But changing a kid while you're driving, that seems a little bit more like the Olympic kind of category. Yes. Is is that surprising to you that you saw? I mean, nearly one in ten were trying to feed or change a baby. Yeah, that is surprising. I'm I'm hoping it's more to the feeding side of things because I certainly couldn't change and drive at the same time. I'm speaking with Kendall Mead. She's a certified financial planner at SoFi. We're talking about their blog post called Drivers Confess What They Really Do Behind the Wheel. Uh, Another major distraction, and I just saw this the other day, is driving with your pets. And not just driving with a pet, but I saw this person driving with their little dog, their little toy dog, on their lap and then letting the dog put their head out the window. Yeah. So a couple of things with that, that really surprised me too. I mean, I will let my dog be in the passenger seat, um, but definitely not in my lap just because so many things can go wrong. You know, they, they slip, they hit the wheel, um, fall down to the gas pedal, hit the gear shift, whatever it might be. So that was a surprising one for me. Um, we definitely like our pets and, and want to treat them as family, but part of that is keeping them safe as well. So I, I definitely would uh, recommend, you know, I even have the little seatbelt for my for my pets. Oh, nice. And I, I would imagine that it's probably more women than men that do this, right? Yeah, actually looking at the statistics, um, 42% admitted to driving with a pet on their lap and 58% of those were women. All right. Yeah, because, you know, my my wife loves our cat. We, we don't drive with a cat very much and usually it's just right there on the floorboard trying to get sometimes under the pedals, which obviously is another huge problem when we just we're and we only take the cat when we're going to the vet in the car. I mean, that's that's really dogs are a whole different, different ball game. I, I talk uh, about teens all the time and, and teen driving. And in a couple episodes back, I, I talked about how teens, especially after the time can, time change, can be more susceptible to the uh, to being sleepy while they're driving, especially in the early mornings. Uh, I found it interesting in your study that a lot of people are actually driving while they're, and they admit to driving while they're a bit too sleepy. 
Yeah, that was an, another point that came up. We don't have the, the statistics of which ages that were, but 40% of respondents did confess to driving when they're tired. And I don't know about you, but my car actually, if I start kind of swerving through the lanes too much, it, it sends me an alert that uh, it looks like a coffee symbol telling me, you know, you need to pull over and, and rest. Oh, that's interesting. Is, is that different than the lane alert or is it basically the same system? It's different. So the lane alert will actually just kind of correct you back into the lane and beep if you're going over the lane. But this just kind of notices your patterns. And if you're drifting a lot, uh, maybe you're falling asleep. And so it, it'll flash uh, warning you that, that you might need to take a break. Interesting. Uh, some of the other problems that and risky behaviors that people are, are doing behind the wheel, obviously speeding, it's, it's a major problem. Interestingly, uh, more than a quarter of the drivers that were asked on this survey admitted to uh, blowing through a stop sign or red lights. Yeah, the the speeding part, the, the thing was actually, so over 50% admitted to speeding, but 36% admitted to excessive speeding, which was categorized as 10 miles per hour or more. So that was interesting. Um, and then also, yeah, the red lights or the stop signs, that was interesting as well. And I think a big part of that comes down to distracted driving as well. You might not notice the, the stop sign or the light. I had a driving instructor when I was in high school that used to say, I'm not as concerned about how fast you're going as long as you're doing it safely. And maybe that's why I still... and I. I, all right, I'll, I'll be one of the admitters on this survey uh, that I do still tend to speed on the interstates. Uh, but you're so I wonder if that people are saying, yeah, they're speeding, but hopefully they're just doing it safely. Maybe. But the, the other interesting part to me was that people admitted that the speeding was not just when they were late. A lot of times, again, it was because they were bored or just trying to get there faster. And so that was really interesting to me, too, that when we are speeding, it's it's not necessarily because we're, we're late for it. Um, it's just because we want to get there faster. Yeah. Or they're bored, like you said earlier, that I can't, you know, I can't believe 12 percent think that they're just bored. So they're just going to go faster. <laughs> Maybe that's a way to keep them awake. Yeah. My guest is Kendall Mead. She's a certified financial planner with SoFi. We're talking about their blog post called Drivers Confess, What They Really Do Behind the Wheel. Uh, I mentioned it before, uh, how I like the style of driving in countries like Mexico and the Caribbean where I've, where I've been, uh, because there's a smooth flow to, to the driving. They, they don't te seem to experience the road rage like American drivers do, and, and it doesn't seem like they get out, bent out of shape as much as if somebody just starts slowing down in their lane and pulling over. You, you just kind of move around, almost like you're in a river and you're just flowing with water. They they're they're more relaxed about uh, a four way stop or or a roundabout, and they they're not freaking out when somebody cuts them off. Right? Uh, it, it was your study looked at at some of these uh, reactions when one driver makes another mad, and I thought some of those were interesting. Yeah, I think the the interesting part with that was only 6% of people referred to themselves as aggressive drivers, yet we're seeing all these instances and reports of road rage being much higher. And so um, it was funny that the people that did admit, you know, to those reactions, actually the most common one was yelling at the other driver. And the good news with that is most of the time your windows are up, so yeah, right. you're getting it out without offending anyone else. But it's like a Zoom call. I mean, you could see when somebody's mad because even though you can't hear them, they might be on mute, but you could still <laughs> see what they're doing, right? 
<laughs> Definitely. Yeah. And- um, but yeah. Some of the other ones that came up were cutting people off or slowing down, speeding up to keep people from merging, even tailgating. And again, some of those can be really dangerous. Yeah. Especially the tailgating, maybe with the speeding at the same time. And I'm sure that these behaviors like the speeding, like the road rage, all of these different, uh, you know, maybe aggressive behaviors probably lead to higher insurance rates. But but how do you determine that if if you're not being caught or being um, uh, stopped because of a crash? A couple of different things. So the biggest thing is if you do get a ticket, if you do get in a crash, that can definitely affect your insurance rates. But actually for me, um, I have one of those uh, little, like, I don't know, sensors in your car. And if you drive safe, you get a discount. So that helps keep me in check. It monitors, am I speeding? Um, am I braking too hard? How often, how much I'm driving? Um, and then it also monitors if I'm using my phone while I'm driving. And so while they say it can't increase your interest rate if you drive or increase your insurance rate if you drive poorly, it can lower it if you're driving better. And so that definitely can can help encourage me to drive better because I'll do anything to, to save a little bit of money. But it feels less like encouraging and more like, all right, we're going to spy on you and all of your little driving behavior. And if you take that turn a little bit too fast, we're going to ding you. I did. I did ask before I signed up for that. Can it increase my rate? That was my request. And they said it couldn't. It could only help it. So Uh, a friend of mine who works in a weather department, she has a Tesla and she has her insurance through Tesla. And so she has, uh, she says on her dashboard, a number and and she tries to keep it above 95. And the higher the number, the lower the rate she's going to pay for insurance because the car, she's allowing it to do, to happen. But just like you, she's allowing the car to keep track of her speeding and uh, how fast she's taking off at a stop sign and all of these different driving behaviors. But it almost seems a little bit, to me, a little bit true intrusive because there are times I might want to go fast, but that doesn't mean that I'm super dangerous or going to get into a crash. Yeah, I think for me, it's it's just encouraging, too, because I will admit I am not the best driver. Um, and so anything I can do to be a little bit safer, uh, in addition to to saving that money, hopefully uh, just keeps me out of out it, of accidents as well. It, re- it reminds me I, I'm going to be talking in my next ep- episode after, after you guys uh, about this app called This App Saves Lives. And it basically you, you download it and it it's only for iPhone right now. And what happens is it, it does similar to what you are talking about with your with your car. If you pick up the phone, then it's dinging you for being distracted. If you don't pick up your phone, it's giving you points for every uh, minute that you're driving and every mile that you're driving undistracted. And then you can use those points for free coffees or discounts at different stores, that sort of thing. So it's an incentive to get you to leave your phone off or, or leave your phone uh, alone while you're driving. Um, is that, you think, where we're going to be going with insurance, that insurance companies will be saying, look, we, we, we can't monitor your behavior, so we're going to give you the highest rate. If we can, then we're going to give you the lowest rate. I think, yeah, it's it's looking at it and saying we can give you a lower rate because if we can stop these behaviors – there's less of a chance of getting into accidents. And that's when they have to pay out, right? So by being able to encourage better behaviors, hopefully they have less instances that they have to pay out. Does my credit score still affect my rates as well? 
I'm not sure. I don't think that your credit score affects your auto insurance rates. I think that's mostly going to look at your driving history and and the type of car you have and things like that. I don't think it looks at your credit score. Because I know that it, it works for my homeowner's insurance and that's all bundled as one. So I, I, I thought that at one point that they also look at not only your driving behavior, the number of crashes or, or tickets you've had, but also your overall credit risk. So it looks at who you are as a person overall. Yeah, I'm, I'm not sure. It might be different for home insurance, but um, I'm sure every company has its own rules as well. Okay, back to the survey. And you can, and you can also find the uh, the survey. You can find this uh, all this information in the description of this show. The link is right there. Uh, also a link to, uh, to SoFi as well. I, I thought it was interesting that the instructor who kids rely on most to drive them, uh, to at least teach them, is dad more than mom. Uh, even though it's mom who might be driving with the dog more often than dad. That is interesting. Um, but to, to be honest, I found that was what happened with me as well. It was my dad that, uh, that taught me. The other thing I found interesting was actually how often it was someone else. And so a little bit less than half of the time, it was someone else, whether that be a grandparent, a friend, or a driving instructor. And so I actually found that really interesting that it could just be someone, someone totally else who taught you how to drive. And, and and that dads usually like like me. I, I think I have a pretty high opinion of of my driving skills, and because and, and, everybody else is crazy, and I I am just the most perfectly sane driver that there ever has been. Right? Everybody says that, uh, but you you found that your family and friends don't always agree. Yes. Yeah. And that was another thing that I think we really found in this survey was actually seventy five percent of people describe themselves as a great or safe driver. And everyone, again, I think we have that overconfidence of thinking we're a great driver, nothing bad's going to happen. But when we actually looked at it, 35% of people had been actually told that they were bad drivers. And so, you know, that math's kind of not adding up and it just shows that um, we might be a little overconfident in our abilities, which might lead to, you know, thinking that these risky behaviors aren't going to lead to, uh, you know, accidents. And that 9% call themselves a nervous driver. And, and, and to me, nervous drivers can actually be more dangerous than uh, almost a more aggressive or an overconfident driver. Sometimes, yeah, they might be, you know, like, let's say it's raining and they're driving really slow, and then that can also cause an accident. So that that can be a problem as well. And, and you have a section in this survey. Again, I'm talking to Kendall Mead, certified financial planner with SoFi, talking about their blog post called Driver Confessions, what they really do behind the wheel. Uh, the common driving activities drivers are most afraid of or try to avoid, and, and that 50% really don't like to parallel park. I think that's always a tough one for a lot of people. They don't like it, so they just avoid it, and they'll just circle around until they can find something else. Yes, I, I will admit I'm in that uh, I'm in that category. Unless there's like two in a row and I can just pull in, I'll try to avoid parallel parking. What are some of the other uh, behaviors that folks are afraid of? The one that I personally found the most interesting was going through a car wash. So I guess because, you know, you have to make sure you stop in the right section. It's an enclosed space. That was one. Other ones were um, driving through toll booths, putting gas in the car, or even driving with other people in the vehicle. And actually going through the drive through was one. So I found some of those just super interesting. I could see the toll booth if you're in a rental car because you don't know if you're going to get dinged if you're in the rental car and how that's going to, because, or if you don't have change because it's not your car, you don't have the, you know, uh, your, your cup holder full of coins that you can just throw into the bucket, right? If you're not on the Florida turnpike. 
Yeah. And it's a little bit different. You know, if you live in somewhere and you're used to going through it, you probably just have the box in your car. You just drive right through. But if you're in a state where maybe you don't usually deal with those, it can definitely be nerve wracking. Yeah. It's it's interesting to see that people are still afraid of, of, yeah, like you said, going through the car wash. I can't imagine what is scary about going through a car wash. Maybe, you know, I know a lot of people like don't like claustro being claustrophobic. So right. maybe it's just that it is enclosed. Maybe, maybe, <laughs> maybe. Uh, what, what was the, is there anything that was, besides maybe that, uh, that was just really surprising to find out from you folks that, that uh, was part of this survey? Is there anything that really stood out to you? I think the the dog one we talked about, that one was surprising to me, like actually driving with your dog in your lap. And, and like you said, with like the dogs hanging their um, heads out of the window, like your dog could jump out too. So that one was surprising to me. Um, the, the car wash, being afraid of the car wash, that one was really surprising. And then the last one that I found surprising was actually more than a third of respondents have gotten a ticket. But of those people, 66% have been ticketed more than once. So I think sometimes that just shows that even when we know we can get caught, um, we're, we're still engaging in these riskier behaviors like speeding. Interesting. Uh, what You also have a section on here. It's called What We Drive. And we still drive, for the most part, cars. Even though there's a lot of talk about how everybody's driving a crossover or one of the SUVs, that it's still, it looks like the sedan is still the most popular type of vehicle. Yeah. I mean, I personally like the SUV because I like being higher. I feel like I can see better. Um, but I think it comes down to the price of vehicles and also the price of gas. You know, typically cars are going to be the most fuel efficient and typically they have a lower cost. So I think that's a big part of it for people. Is there a, a, a overall or our overarching takeaway that we should uh, take from this uh, survey. It, it, are we just too overworked? We're too tired. We're just too frustrated with with life, and, and we're just driving badly. Or, or I mean, is what, what's the overall uh, takeaway that we we should look from this? I think the main thing that I got from it is just like with other aspects of, of you know, you mentioned I'm a financial planner um, by trade, and just like with investing or insurance, we can be overconfident in our abilities. We might underinsure because we think, you know what, nothing's going to happen to me. Or we might be really confident in, in that stock we bought and we might put too much of our money in one thing. So just like that, it, we see through this survey that we're overconfident when driving. So we think we can, you know, one of the things that was mentioned was do our makeup or shave while we're driving, speed, um, you know, text and drive, and we think nothing bad's going to happen. But if we look at it, it does happen. And so I think it's really just making sure we're not overconfident and not engaging in these activities while we're driving because it can lead to dangerous situations. Yeah. And, and you know, in different parts of the country, obviously, uh, we can just barely notice your southern accent. Um, we, <laughs> different parts of the country drive in different styles. I, I know it's different there down in the south than it is up there in the northeast and out here in the west. It's all a little bit different styles. And do you think that might play a role into either some of this or in, in even the insurance rates of what we're paying for insurance uh, in different parts of the country? It definitely does pay a play a role in it because if we actually look at you know which areas charge what for auto insurance, it's based off the area you're in because certain areas have higher instances of accidents, um, and so it definitely does depend on the area that you're in. Um, and also, you know, 
in cities, driving's a lot more, a lot different than driving in the country. So it, it definitely does play it, play that impact. Well, is there any way uh, folks can contact you if they have information or questions or, or want to get some uh, financial planning? Is there a way for they, them to contact you? Definitely. They can go to SoFi.com and anyone who signs up for SoFi.com, you you don't have to pay um, anything. You're just a member and you can actually schedule an appointment with a financial planner on my team. Excellent. Well, and I'll have the uh, link to uh, all of that as well as this study, again, in the description of the show. So all you have to do is click that and boom, off you go. Kendall, thank you so much for uh, for doing this, for, uh, for your time, your expertise, and uh, be safe down there in uh, South Carolina. Thanks for having me. Again, all that info that uh, Kendall was talking about is, and the uh, link to the blog article is in the description of the show. And as always, uh, you can find my contact info in the description of the show. And I always appreciate your feedback. By the way, I've been working on some really great driving you crazy stories for television lately, including uh, why this this one was interesting. As somebody wrote to me, he goes, why why do people ship cars? from Hawaii to Colorado uh, when it seems like it would be a lot less expensive to just buy it when when they just leave their car there and then fly here and buy another one. So I, I thought that was a pretty interesting story, so I was working on that one. Uh, another one is um, those student driver stickers that says, hey, you know, back off, I'm, I'm a student driver, or be, be careful, student driver. Do they, do they really help make the student driver feel safer or or get other drivers to back off and give them some more space. Um, that that one uh, just aired, so I'll I'll maybe I'll take all these stories, including the one maybe the one about the uh, can you turn left on red? Um, take all these stories and put them together and collect them all, and then we could do it in one of the upcoming up episodes next week. I, I alluded to this. I'm going to be talking um, about that app called This App Saves Lives. Uh, it's a pretty interesting app. I've been testing it for the last month or so, and I wanted to test it out before uh, the interview just to get a sense of what it's like to use um, and and what it was like for me to use it uh, before we talk to the, uh, the inventor and the uh, founder of the app. So that'll be coming up in the next episode. So be here for that. Until then, thanks again for being here. Thanks for listening. And I'm Jason Looper, the Traffic Guy. Be safe, and as always, happy motoring.